This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Guess what we've been working on? Guess what we've been working on, Diana? A, a monkey? <laughs> what? You had everything at your disposal. That's where we've been working on our first uh, album. So our first wow. album. We're gonna start. We're gonna share our recordings. And... The album sounds cool, but it's kind of a step down from the monkey. That really, I was going there for a second. I would love that. Hey, One of those. John, why don't you share with us what we're working on? Uh, <laughs> Mary's ready to leave. Already on vacation. Can we Next get off time. of this podcast, please? Please. Is it Friday? Yeah, no, it's not. It's Tuesday, Mary. Just so you know, it's Tuesday here while we're recording this, but it's okay. What are we working on? Let's go. What are we working on? Doc? We're working on a book, Mary. Mary, what? I've been working on a book. I know. I've been meeting with Jenna DeJong, who I'm giving a shout out to right now, who is our editor. I'd love to say my editor, my editor. We meet regularly. It's not a big deal. We've been working on a book on becoming people centric. And so that's going to be coming out next year. So you'll have to be listening for that and watching for that because you'll have an opportunity for that. But in that book, one of the things that we, one of the sections is going to talk about the eight myths of people centric, the eight myths. And these myths are things that we've observed inside different companies that have created a lot of problems. And there are things that are commonly believed in business that are actually not true that create lots of problems. And the way this was come up with was I was actually on a long plane ride and I sat down and I made a list of our clients. And I sat down and I said, what is the thing that this client believes to be true that's not true that's creating problems for them? And I came up with a long list of those things. And then I was able to condense those down into these eight different myths. Now, here's the fun part is that the rest of our team here at PeopleCentric have never heard these eight myths before. So this is going to be the first time they're going to be able to hear these. So they're going to tell us whether they think the myth is truly a myth. If that is that a thing, that sounds like that sounds like a backwards thing to say. Is it truly a myth or it is a myth or is it a myth it's myth? A, is it really a myth? Is yeah, it really I, a myth or not a myth? I don't long, know. Or not. Isn't that what they do on the show? It's, it's going to be hit or myth is what's going to happen. Oh. I'm missing time and ready to go on vacation right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I wish that we had, I was like thinking about the music from uh, like the millionaire show. Oh, dun, 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 like dun, when dun. the lights go down. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. This will not be like that because every time we reveal a myth, we will not go to a five minute commercial. So just throwing that out. <laughs> That's good. That's one thing. Okay. that we're Although if you'd like to sponsor a people center commercial, get a hold of us. Uh, we'll totally plug it in. We're going to have eight <laughs> spots for this one, at least because we have eight myths to cover. So we're going to jump in right away with our team, Diana, Diana, just say hi. So people know your voice. Hello. Okay. That's enough. Thank you. And then Bethany, what do you got? Also? Hello. Okay. Great job. Mary, Mary, you ready for vacation next week? So, so ready for vacation next week. So ready. All right. And then we've got Matt Griswold. Hey there. Hey, Matt's usually our host, but I'm going to host this because he doesn't know what the myths are. This is so exciting. Yeah, I get to play. This is fun. You get to play the game. Okay, so everybody, myth number one is talent is rare and people don't care. False. Ah, False. Good. that Good, Matt. seems like a myth. I Yes. 
That is a myth. So talk about that. So talent is rare and people don't care. The myth is that people talk about how talent, we have to go out all over the place and we have to find all these people because it's so hard to find good talent. And then even when you do find talent and they come in, people just don't care about their jobs fundamentally. They just fundamentally don't care. You have to find ways to make them care. And you have to find really those rare people that are out there that are hyper talented. Does that sound like a myth? Are we onto something with myth number one, team? I like it. I like it how you said that it's almost in two parts and both of those are myths, right? So talent is rare. That's a myth. And people don't care. That's also a myth. So I don't know if there's nine and you just tried to trick us. But there's two myths in the same first myth that you just uh, that you just threw out there. You know, we, we, we hear about this quite a bit, too, as far as talent to this talent shortage. And Don, I know one of the things that you like to say is that the talent war is over and talent won. Like, chances are you don't have to clear clear house and fire everybody and then just hire engaged people. Like, you probably have some really talented people that already work there. And so I would say, yes, that is a myth. Final answer. <laughs> no lifelines, nothing out there. Yeah. So we do. We, we agree that that's a myth. Yeah. Talent is rare and people look good. Plus it rhymes. So I want to get credit for that one. Talent is rare and people don't care. That's good. Yeah. So there's lots of people that are out there. So you guys all feel good about that myth. Anybody want to add anything to it? I, I think we're all, I think we're all very aligned on this. Yes. Okay. Talent is very abundant out there. Some people come to me and say, Hey, where do you find good people like that company we talked about? And we always say they already work for you. Bethany. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, we've talked about this, I think in the last podcast that we recorded, uh, we talked about just that I think people would buy into the idea, if, even for themselves, that they won't like their work because work is work and nobody's, you know, you're not supposed to like work. That's just what it is. But I think we've we've bought into that myth from both sides as an, as organizations and as individuals. And I think it's it's a it's an alignment question, I think, for a lot of a lot of it. So it's are you aligned with your own skills and abilities and are you aligned with the organization you're working for? I think the second part of that, Don, when it's talking about people don't care, I think that's a cop-out answer that organizations also use whenever they feel like they can't hire or find good people. Instead of going, gosh, what are we doing wrong on the inside that we could potentially look to improve on that make people want to be here in the first place? I think it's easier to say, well, talent doesn't exist and the people don't even want to work. They don't even care to work. They don't, they're just going through the motions. That's not true. People want to be inspired. People are passionate. You know, what are, what are the things that you are, have you done a good job of creating the fertile ground for, for, you know, talent to grow within your organization? What are the things, what's your role in that lack of talent, quote unquote, within your organization? Yeah, very good. So if your people are not, if your people don't care and you're having trouble finding talent, it's probably something you're doing wrong. Now that's good news. What I just told you, because that means you can change it where you can't change the job market and you can't change the humans around you. You can change how you work around those people. So that's more people centric. So myth number one, true myth, not busted, right? All right. True myth. We're playing myth, not busters right now. I think that's what we're doing. It's very confusing. I don't know. Very confusing. Yes. We're going to tell the truth about what these myths are not, not saying right. is what we're trying to say, just to be clear about it. And All right. Say what it's not saying or saying. That's right. Yeah. So please don't not write in. With your <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Myth number two. Are you all ready for this? This is a fun game. All yes. right. Myth, myth number two. Great employees make great managers. <laughs> I only laugh because we know those. <laughs> we've had conversations 
we're like, gosh, they were a great employee. And I'm not 100% sure what happened. I'm not 100% sure what happened. Or the manager themselves will reach out to us and say, I don't want to be a manager. Make it stop. I want to go back to where, where I was before, you know, too. So just because they're a great employee, that is a true myth. That doesn't mean they translate into great managers. Yes. Yeah. We often say like managers are promoted because they were really good at the job that they were doing. And then they weren't trained on how to be good managers or how to be good leaders to lead and motivate people, which is a totally different job, right? It's not when you become a manager, you do the same thing you used to do and just try to teach people how to do it the way you did it. You got to teach people how to do things and lead and motivate them. And it's a totally different job. And it happens way too often that people are promoted and then not trained on how to be good managers. All right. So myth true you all agree that second myth is true i think it's okay. totally yeah. totally true another it's another one of those by the way don and i don't know if this is a theme because again we haven't seen those but it's another one of those things where effective leaders are going okay so what role if if that person was promoted a manager and it didn't work the first question is what role did i play in that not working that i set them up for success it's not because they were a flawed like they were a good worker you read that correctly where did the ball drop and what can you add to that? Maybe next time to try to prevent that from happening. That's good. Okay. All right. Myth number three, we're ready for this one. Here's the next one. Leadership and culture are good. Myth number three is leadership and culture are good. Why might that be a myth? This one is very tricky, Don. So <laughs> tricky. I agree. Like what? Yeah, it can be, right? I think the trick here is that it can be but you can also have bad leadership. You can also have bad culture. You can lead in the wrong direction. You can be misaligned with the culture you're in and be toxic. Like I think that, that not all leadership and not all cultures are good. Yeah, we just talked about it in our last episode of this podcast, right? How you can lead to become a people-centric leader, but sometimes you might lead people the wrong direction. Or the concept around culture here is a lot of times we'll hear leaders say, I just wanna support my culture. And it's like, which culture do you want to support? Culture can do really good things and culture can do really bad things. Those are both really just elements that influence an organization or individual people. And they're not always good or bad. And I think it's helpful to understand that. It's helpful to understand when a culture, you may have a really strong culture and it might be really negative. Enron had a very strong culture that was also very, very negative as an example. Sorry for anyone that worked there. Well, I think that, I don't think, I think that is getting a little dated, that reference right there, Don. We need to come up with a different, different reference. <laughs> we need to, the next Enron is also very, yeah. I, I think we work, we work would probably. Oh, we work. Or, or LuLaRoe, that would probably work too. Wow. Those nice. would both work. Good. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Sorry for either Quick. one of those. If anybody wants, has any issues with any of those companies and wants to call us, that's Diana on our, is our COO. She's the person to contact and she can, you can talk to her about, oh. about that. All right. Here's the number four myth. Uh, number four myth is passion and caring creates engagement. So the idea of this statement is that if we just care enough about the company, then I'm going to be engaged in it. If I just care enough about the employees, then that's going to create engagement. Is that true? Is caring enough? No. No, <laughs> I was like, are you going to add more? You got to work. You got to work at this. This is not easy. No, it's that simple. It's this, I guess it depends on what your definition of caring is because it's the same idea with, 
you know, when people talk about like, like loving somebody of, do you, is loving somebody mean that you let them do whatever they want and you never speak truth to that person? Probably not. So I think it's the same way of, if you're caring about somebody by just like, I'm just being nice to them. And we're just like, whatever, like we all just like care about each other. And we, that means that everybody gets a free pass all the time. Yeah, that's not going to work. But if you care about people by holding them accountable and also showing grace and just being intentional, but also there's just like, there's a balance with that. So I think it depends on your definition of caring. Yeah. And we kind of hear all the time, like employees say things like, I care about my job more than anybody else here. And these executives are complete and total idiots. I I mean, you care a lot, but is it directed in the right places? Like maybe caring is not quite enough. Yeah, sometimes passion. You Sorry, go ahead. Keep what I said in confidence. I can't believe you just aired that right on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That wasn't me. My bad, Matt. That. I feel, I feel like this is kind of cheating though, Don, because, and more than workers, you might you might be picking up what I'm about to lay down here. One of our most recent episodes, we talked about passionate people. And when passion goes over the line to now, it's almost toxic. You are passionately toxic as well. So yes, I would agree that that is, that is the myth. You can be passionately leading people down the incorrect path on a regular basis. And it doesn't, yeah. here's the other part that we say about that. doesn't mean you're wrong, but it's also toxic. Right. Yeah. Passion can lead to toxicity just as easily as it can lead to lead to engagement for sure. So it's all about the empowerment and alignment as people centric. And that's where passion is the empowerment part, but it's not always the alignment part. Like we have to talk about the alignment part as well. Okay. Myth number five is this managers can't know what their people are thinking. Managers can't know what their people are thinking. And we hear this a lot from managers who will say this of like, my people are really frustrated or my people have a really bad attitude or they don't seem to care. And we'll say, well, why, why don't they care? And they'll say, how am I supposed to know? I can't read their minds. Well, that part is true. They can't read minds yet. That part is true, Mm. but they could ask them. They could just ask people, right? Like we can just have a conversation. Boom. Yeah. And this is one of those things too. It almost feels like cheating because we talk about this internally as well. So I guess I did know this myth, this myth here too. And Don, I love how you say this, you know, to organizations, whenever that that comes up or to to managers, when that comes up, you happen to have the, the resident expert on how that employee feels. And they're like, really? Who? Like, who should I ask? Like the employee, they're the one who knows how they feel. They are the one who will share their thoughts uh, with you. Now, if they don't share their thoughts, like it's, no, I've asked them a thousand times. They won't tell me. That's a, that's another problem. That's, that's the next part. Yeah. That's the next step for you as a leader, but, but yeah, they are the expert. Let's ask them. That's what I was going to say, Matt, of there might have people who are like, but no, but even if they do ask us, it's not like that we're really going to tell our leader what we're actually thinking that's to, to Matt's point. Then I think there's, there's this other thing called psychological safety that we talk a lot about, which we do have a podcast about too. So you can go reference that. But if there's not psychological safety on that team, then you won't, you won't as a leader, as a manager, probably know very much about what your people are thinking. So you have to build that too. What's kind of interesting is when we work with organizations, a lot of times we will start by doing interviews of select people throughout the organization and almost never, and I say almost never, and I really have trouble thinking of the exception to this rule, 
people will share with us a lot about what they're thinking. They may not tell you every little detail about it, but they will point you in the right direction about what their attitude is about their work and their job and their opportunities to make those things better. So yes, you have access to those people. Most managers are afraid to talk to their employees about anything for research shows, which is always an interesting statistic. So we need to help our managers to talk to their employees. So don't think, well, I can't read their minds. You don't have to. I like how Diana said, yet. Yeah, that's kind of mysterious. We're working on that in our basement at PeopleCentric, but that technology is not perfected yet. But when it, until it is, you can have to, you'll have to go to the source. So myth, true, right? We're all nodding our heads. That's a good myth. Good myth. Okay. Myth number six, some employees are irreplaceable. Some employees are irreplaceable. I absolutely am. Thank you for acknowledging it finally. Yes, finally. Yes. That's... This is the first myth I'm going to disagree with. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a myth because all employees are replaceable. Is oh. that what you're saying? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Wow. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I realized like I just <laughs> dropped that on. I'm looking at all of my employees right now in the eyes and going like, yeah. And that's why I created this wheel that we're going to spin right now. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like Dang. Russian dark. roulette. <laughs> that's that got dark. A little painful. Yeah. Mary, what do you want to add to this one? Do you think, do you think are, are all employees replaceable? <sighs> yeah. I don't like it. But yeah. <laughs> I think they are. Yeah. What about the, so like we were just talking, we were up at a conference, Matt and I were about three weeks ago and we had somebody that was talking about this one employee that was completely irreplaceable. Like we cannot get, we, we cannot re replace, replace this person. And Matt brought up the comment and said, you know, a lot of times we overestimate the impact that that person has on the company and we underestimate the negative impact that that person has on the company. And we see that mistake made time and time again. And the person said, yeah, I hear you. But in this case, it's really true. They really are irreplaceable. You actually said in this case, you're wrong, which yeah. I don't hear very often, but <laughs> it was good. Good little levity to the conversation. But, you know, it, and let's just be totally transparent because we then got in the car with Diana, right? Because we were hanging out with Diana. We relayed the conversation and Diana, your response was, I kind of agree with him in that case. Like, yeah, I, I kind of see that also. Yeah. I was going to say like, I get why they feel that way. Like I understand how scary that is and how frustrating that would be and how you don't even want to think about what would happen if you lost that person. I think time and place is an important part here too. How many times have we worked with an organization that we've, we've come across that? This is, this is a very, very typical thing that gets brought up to us, by the way. But how many times have we work with an organization and our first response is never, well, okay, get rid of them. It's always like, let's try to work with them. Let's try to bring them up to speed. Let's try to have that conversation. But then the next response is, what do they know that we also need to know before they do go? Because sometimes people, they will create that environment where they hoard information. So you can't get rid of me. I am the keeper of all the keys. You don't know where all the stuff is. And so there's a game plan. We might have to do a little legwork to be able to get some of that information. So today might not be the day, but there will be a time when, yes, we feel better to be able to let that person go, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think the conversation that we had around that was like, if that person did go today, what things could you reshift? How could you have that network person? Like, would it be multiple jobs instead of just one job? So like, even though that was a big role and that was a big job, that person, if they left, all of their duties could still be replaced. We could figure it out, right? And so we said, yeah, it sucks. 
yeah, it would be hard, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've just never seen, I can, I cannot say, honestly, I've never seen somebody leave a company and it just destroy the company. They typically can recover better than what they even thought they could. And I've seen some really key people leave. The this company. is a giant leap of faith that employers have, especially now in this day and age when the, as of the recording of this podcast, we're in the midst of this idea of a sandemic and a great resignation. I don't know how long this is going to age, but right now, this is one of the, that's one of the most pressing things. Like people are much more likely to deal or handle the toxicity that somebody is bringing to the environment because I just can't find anybody else to do it. At least somebody shows up every day and does that job. I don't know if I got off track of where your myth was, but that's one of the things that's holding people back from making the decision. Yeah, it's going to stink just a little bit. We have a little legwork to get to to get out in front of it, but we're going to be better for it. Probably it's hard to get people to that space first. Yeah, we tend to think in extremes. It's going to be the best thing we've ever done or the worst thing we've ever done. But how freeing as an employee to think that though, right? Mm -hmm. So as an employee, let's shift it a little bit. As an employee, if I leave the company, you know, I want to be special. I want to be important, but at the same time I can leave. Let's say I'm not aligned and I'm not empowered where I'm at. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Let's jump and let's have a, a positive shift in life and, and make a change. So don't think that you have to be in a company just because you're the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread. That is not necessarily the case. And you can impact anywhere you go and you don't always have to be there. I really like that, Mary. And it makes me think of the last conversation that we had to our previous podcast when we talk about just a people-centric individual or a people-centric leader is that I think if your identity is too wrapped up in the position that you hold within a certain organization, then you are probably going to fall flat on your face at some point. <laughs> yep, that's a great point. Great point. Okay. So that myth is true. All right, let's go to our next myth, myth number seven. Now, this is one of my favorite ones. Myth number seven is this, management defines the culture. Management defines the culture. Why That's would that so be cute. not true? That's so cute that so cute. anybody would think that. <laughs> I <laughs> laugh at that. Yeah. Patting the CEO that on the so head. Adorable. Oh, you think you're driving this that ship, was, don't you? Aw, that's cute. As long as they have t-shirts made. <laughs> as long as they've done that right as long as they have the cake that arrives on time so everybody can stomach it yeah yeah so who drives the culture then if it's not management everyone everyone i love this i love this this is you know people will go out and they'll find a chief people officer sorry if you're hiring for this position and i might just shoot myself in the foot here but you go out and you hire for a chief people officer because you want to change your culture or a chief cultural officer because you want to change your culture one person is not going to change your culture. People, you have to start to understand that. I love that. Yeah. Deming, Edwards Deming used to say that when he would try to work on quality, they would hire somebody like, I think you, it was Ford Motor Company approached him to hire Edwards Deming back in the 1950s. And they said, I'm the VP of, of quality and I want you to come help us to improve quality. And he said, no organization that put somebody in charge of quality is somebody I want to work with because everybody has to impact quality at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with that, Mary. We often say that culture is a series of habits and everyone's got their own habits. Each department has their own habits. Each role has their own set of habits and everybody lives a little differently. And so I think the habits that are created within your organization that are really the cultural habits are what drives your culture, not what you're, you think you're doing to fix your culture or change your culture. 
I love that. And one of my favorite lines that we'll sometimes say to people is management's what's happening right now or management. I'm sorry. Culture is what's happening right now while you're here, managers. Because we're often speaking to managers at conferences and we're saying, you know, you're here, you're not back at the company, at the company, what's happening back at your company while you're at this conference is the culture. That's what's happening while you're not in the room. I think something interesting about this though, that I'll point out is that we do talk often about how managers often impact engagement and toxicity and all of those different kinds of levels within an organization, which does impact your culture. So that's a little bit of a tweak. It's not the same. It's not the only driver of the culture, but I do think that that's how management does impact the culture. Yeah, I agree with that. I was careful when I wrote that one to say management defines the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, management certainly impacts the culture. So there is a, those are two very different things. I think in terms of defining, you don't get to decide just what you think the culture should be and make it that way. Your people have to decide that that's what they want and make it that way. What you can do is implement systems and then support your people in a way that support the culture you want to create. Yeah. Your, the culture does, is reflected sometimes by how you lead and how you lead and manage your people. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. Okay. And then myth number eight, this is the last myth. Conflict is bad. Conflict is bad. I see. It's funny. I, I'm looking across and I was going to say everyone's shaking their head, but Bethany was affirming her head. Yes, I think conflict's bad. Mary was shaking her head. No, I don't think conflict is bad. It was affirming think, that it's a good point. I think you're all affirming the negative <laughs> just because this is a confusing podcast. I think is what's happening, right? Sounds like we have some conflict. Uh, and is that bad or not? That's the question. <laughs> so is conflict, is conflict bad? I don't think so. I think that conflict can be healthy. And I think that conflict is one way that people drive things forward, right? It's if you're constantly living in your comfort zone, are you innovating? Are you changing? Are you making the decisions that need to be made on a day-to-day basis? If you're always in that comfort zone and everything is rainbows and roses, is it really? I think conflict is important and I think it can be healthy. And so I don't think that conflict is bad. You know, we have a slide in the, one of our frequently used PowerPoints. It's actually around the communication mold there, but it, the, the title of the slide is healthy conflict. So I think there's a key word there, right? We're not just fighting to fight, but we're, we're fighting for improvement. And I would even say this too. First of all, the, the recognition is our sliding scale for how, how we accept conflict is large, right? So some of us we think, oh, they disagreed with me, that's conflict. And others, it's going to take a lot more for me to even think that was conflict, just how we how we communicate there. But uh, I think one of the benefits, one of the cases of why I think healthy conflict is important uh, is it also helps us avoid this idea of groupthink. Where's the voice in the room that's not going along with the mainstream, that, that's, that's just at least raising their hand to say, why are we doing this? It feels like we're off track. We should be going this way. Or we've done the same thing for how many years? We should try this. Like, where's where's that voice? And for other people, they're going, why do you want that voice? Don't you want some sort of synergy with the team there? But the benefit is, what are you leaving on the table that you're not able to achieve yet because you've not allowed that voice to be around the table? What other avenues are there out there that you could potentially that you could potentially uh, run down. Here's the other part as a manager too. If if one of your people raised their hand and they say, "What if we did this?" Let them run with it for a couple of steps and say, "That's I mean, that's a good thought. I'm I'm with you on the thought level. Let's see how how uh, you know how we can actually try to make that happen. Take the first couple of steps and get back to me." So I, I that that's where I am on that whole idea of healthy conflict. It helps improve your team dynamic. Yep. I love the comment, "Never waste a crisis," right? 
because anytime something big and major comes up and occurs, you have such an opportunity to take those events and create better from them. You know, the word conflict, we, we have it so difficult in our conversations, like, con- like difficult conversations are, are, is there, you know, conflict is challenging. I would just love to coin that into healthy conversations. Um, you know, like what Matt just said, it, it eliminates group thinking. You're really just having healthy conversations um, instead of taking that negative side of conflict. It's, it's a healthy conversation in order to make the company better that we work for or make ourselves better within what we're doing. The other side of that too, is when conflict occurs and those conversations are happening, remove that emotion. I talk about that a lot where people will get passionate about it and they can become over-emotional. And as we've talked about before in another podcast, that passion can become kind of painful, help to eliminate that and and try to talk to each other on a level playing field. And it really makes uh, that whole conflict a lot healthier. Yeah. I love that. The idea that there is good conflict and there's bad conflict. Conflict is risky, right? Because it can divide the team. But if you get through conflict as a team, I see very few things that build trust in a better way. If you know that you can yell at each other and get be upset with each other, even if you have conflict in a bad way, but you come through it, boy, that, that tends to bring teams even closer together. You recognize that you have that psychological safety to be able to call each other out when the baby's ugly or whenever something bad is happening uh, so that you can get the, everybody's perspectives on things. Um, so yeah, good. I think everybody agrees with that one. Conflict is bad, is a myth. Myth, yes. It's not, yes, a myth. Diane, I don't know why you're confused. This is the most confusing podcast we've ever done. I, I don't know. I don't know what's confusing about this. We're just asking you to vote yes or no, whether you think that a myth is not yes, true or not. Okay. I think we nailed it. Okay. It's pretty clear to me. I don't understand. Cool. Thanks. So please dial in black callers. Are we going to take a caller now? Oh, we don't have that. (laughs) That'd be awesome. We (laughs) We have a caller. We have... We have Barry in Cincinnati. He changed their voice so that we could be the caller. (laughs) Yeah. Who's that Don Herky? That guy's awesome. I love that guy. Don't you know? (laughs) Don't you know? What? That's not how they talk in Cincinnati, Mary. Don't you know? Don't you know? (laughs) Well, Well, those are the eight myths. So I'm going to say this is the first time our team has heard those myths. So what do you think? You like those? I do. And I think I hear a lot of managers say those things, right? A lot of managers have said the myths out loud and we have to contradict them and be like, well, that's not totally true, right? Here's why. So I think that if you are someone who is listening to those myths and we're like, yeah, I think that's true. Maybe, maybe send us an email out. Tell us why you think it's true, right? Like, let us know. But I think we've seen the exact opposite of that myth. And that's why our team thinks they're myths. Yeah. Come at me, bro. All right. So takeaways from that discussion. And if you get one takeaway from all of these myths and these discussions, what are some of your takeaways for the listeners here? Now, this is the first time our team has heard the eight myths that seems to be blessed. And maybe there's going to be some more that develop here, but those are the eight. So takeaways from our team, Matt. I think I think what what is interesting about this too is you you framed that you evidently put a lot of thought into this is let me frame these as myths to kind of intrigue intrigue some people. I would say for one of the takeaways is maybe to assess your reality. Is it really the way that it seems? Sometimes you know there's a whole other podcast that we have that talks about narrative paradigms, the stories that our brains tell tell them you know tell ourselves there. But you know what struck me 
with this one, the narrative paradigm is, for instance, that there's no talent of people and people just don't care anymore, which is clearly a myth. And so if I can take a step back and say, okay, so the things that frustrate me right now, the things in my life that frustrate me right now, are they really as they seem or am I reading maybe too much into that? So I would say assess your reality to determine your own truth and myth. Love it. Mary. I would say take whatever that comment is that is negative that you think and flip it around to be positive and then go put that back in your culture and make that happen. So if you think that you don't have talent in your culture, flip it around and be like, I have talent in my culture. And then go try to work on that, like adjust that and then work yourself to that challenge. I love that. How can we find that talent within our culture? How do we develop the talent within our culture? That's exactly right. Great. Diana. I love that too. It's sort of what I was going to say is like, there's always the opposite side of the story, right? So whatever the story is in your head, someone else is thinking the exact opposite and getting a different outcome. So think about that opposite story. Love it. All right. Bethany, no pressure. You guys, I, I don't know today. I feel like we are covering so much in the actual, in the actual conversation that I don't have a lot of extra things to add. Also, I'm home with my kids today, full disclosure. And they're arguing. So it's probably, I would just echo whatever the conflict thing is that you're having. I'm having a hard time not thinking that conflict is bad. Okay. Think of the trust your kids are building with each other and with you right now. They are. That's what Um, I try to tell them with their, their building, you know, conflict of like, well, maybe like, let's, let's talk about it. I want you to work it out. Not me all the time. So it's important. It's important. All of this is important. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Well, thanks everybody for your time today. Uh, We are going to be working on that book for the rest of this year. So watch out for that for next year. You're going to be hearing more about that soon. If you're interested in learning more about the book, shoot us a message, or if you have a different topic, please let us know. And how can they let us know, Diana? You can email us. That's the easiest way. It's more than work at peopleccg.com. You can find us on any social media platform. We're on all of them. It's at PeopleCentric or at PeopleCCG, depending on the platform. Or you can submit an inquiry to any of us on our website at www.peoplecentric.com. www.peoplecentric.com. C-O-M, com? Okay, good. Just wanted to be clear. Three W's? Just three. That's all. That's all. That's all. I think I think because it's not 1998, I think you can just say peoplecentric.com. That stands for World Wide Web. Yeah. Because it's not 1998? Is that what you just yeah. said to me? Just go, just go to your browser, type in HTTP colon backslash colon. backslash www. <laughs> Google, Google, just Google people centric and find us. Okay. I don't, I'm done. Okay. We're building conflict and trust on our team right here. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the more than work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.